Welcome back, Open Your Hymnal listeners. We hope you are in the midst of a blessed and peaceful Advent. My name is Zach Stahowski. And I'm Matt Reichert. And, uh, you know, we're in the last couple of weeks before Christmas right now. Um, you know, Matt, how, how do you feel your Advent is going? You know, I, f- I feel this way every year. You know, I, I love Advent. I, I think like the, the scripture content, the themes, the, the music that we have for Advent is just so wonderful. And every year it just seems to go so fast. Like I, I, I wish we had six weeks of Advent and four weeks of Lent. You know, yeah. I wish it was. I wish it was inverted. You know, what about you, Zach? No, I think it's the same thing. I always find myself feeling like, or uh, feeling like Lent goes on for a long time. But yeah, Advent gets swallowed up. Of course, as a musician, not just uh, a church musician, but just like a violinist in general. Just the amount of concerts that get thrown and lumped into. Uh, the month of December, you know, it's so funny. All my friends are musicians and we just never see each other unless we're on a gig <laughs> together during this month. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's Christmas. Yeah. Well, and I have to say that that, that fourth week of Advent is a little bit of a tease. You know, I mean, this year it's only two days, you know, so yeah. so it's, a you know, a month of Advent in three weeks. You know, we're already kind of starting from a time deficit, you know. Yeah, and I know church musicians are dreading. I mean, this is the year of the perfect storm when we go from Saturday, Sunday into Christmas Eve, into Christmas right. Day. So, right. Right. you know, that um, that Wednesday morning is going to be a, a triumphant day indeed. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad that even though this season is short, that we're able to take some time today to talk about this piece. Um, today, we're going to be speaking with our friend Carol Browning about her composition and her arrangement of the song Creator of the Stars of Night. And and I mentioned before, one of the things I love about Advent is just the rich treasury of music. And and, you know, of course, with stores starting to play Christmas music way back in October, um, you know, we we sometimes skip over just this wonderful musical heritage we have in this season. Um, and Creator of the Stars of Night is just one of my favorite Advent pieces. So, so I'm glad that we're going to force the issue and have a conversation about that today. So please open your hymnal to Creator of the Stars of Night. Creator of the stars of night, your people's everlasting light, O Christ, Redeemer of us all, we pray you hear us when we call. Hi, I'm Carol Browning. And I'm a liturgical composer and music minister, uh, a Quaker who ministers in a Lutheran church right at the moment, but uh, I uh, do a lot of ecumenical and contemplative work, especially. Well, um, creator of the Stars of Night has always been one of my favorite tunes, a chant tune, um, and so I had this idea to write a text to it, You Call Us Lord, um, and added a refrain, um, original text and music for the refrain. It's such a lyrical chant, 
you know, that for me, it, it made sense to make it metrical because it has that internal flow to it. And it just, it sings itself, you know, and I, I think also just think that there's, uh, there's so much music out just gobs of music and to use something that's pre-existing it just makes it that much more accessible to people right off the bat you know um i i like to take existing things and find new sources ways to to use them because it's like instant music you know um and i sent it to bob moore this was several years ago and um Bob's a good friend, and he sent it. Said he liked it, but he said, "Why don't you do a refrain for Creator as well?" So that's how that came about. Otherwise, it would have just been you call us, Lord, and who knows where it would have ended up. So uh, thank you to Bob Moore for um, for that that inspiration. There are a lot of different things um, that came out of our conversation with Carol that we'll plan on talking about today. And one of them has to do with collaboration and mentorship. So Carol mentions the important role that her friend and fellow composer Bob Moore plays. So we were able to speak with Bob to get some of his recollection about this process as well. Carol and I have been friends for a long time and, uh, and trust each other's judgment and appreciate each other's work. And as I recall, she sent me an arrangement of Creator of the Stars of Night, so some choral parts, a uh, well-crafted piano part, and you know I was I was all for that. I loved that loved that particular chant, and used it quite often. Um, but what I I guess she had asked me if I had any ideas. So the one that struck me was, I'd love to use this as a communion procession, but just the chant straight through is not really the right form. So I suggested that she come up with some kind of refrain, and that's what she did. And it seemed to need a refrain. It, it seemed to need a verse refrain structure. So it, that was a piece unto itself with the verse and then and just a single refrain for the verses. You know, I basically come at this from a, being a folk singer. So um, just stuff that, I, and, and I tend to get music and text together and it'll be something that will stick with me. If, if, it's, if it sounds, I, I have my best friend Laura. I will call her up or, or email her a, an MP3 file or something and say, "Did I steal this or does this work?" You know? <laughs> because you want it to feel good and you want it to feel familiar and you want it to be singable. You know, I mean that's the whole point. I think to get participation is to make it something people want to sing. Uh, the thing, the thing that really strikes me about Carol's writing is that everything that I know, uh, I'm sure she hasn't shared everything she's written with me, but what I know that's published and unpublished, everything is just so darn singable. Um, 
you know, she crafts a melody with such, they're all very graceful. You know, they, they just sing well. And, and part of that is because she's very sensitive to text. Um, you know, there's, there's no pablum, there's nothing trite about it. And her melodies are just beautiful. Uh, and the way she harmonizes a melody, you know, it, it wouldn't necessarily be the way I would do it or the way anyone else would do it, but it always sounds very Carol to me. She has, you know, her, her chord palette is, is hers. It sounds like her and she's just sneaky enough to, to put in, you know, a little altar chord here and there. That's, you know, unexpected. Um, everything just to me just sounds like there's not any notes that I would change, even though, you know, they wouldn't have been the notes I'd written. I just, I think she really is a fine writer. Since it's just a two-part song, uh, it's one that's pretty easy for me to pull out with my choir when we don't need a lot of rehearsal, don't have a lot of rehearsal time. Um, and so I use both the Eucolus and Creator with my own choir. Um, and the Creator seems to have stuck, struck a chord with lots of people. And it's been in the hymnals, and it's also in the Methodist hymnal, and some other, you know, den- denominational hymnals. And then um, I ran into Ron Christman years ago at um, MPM, and he told me that he was doing a translation of the Creator uh, using my arrangement. Um, so it's it's in a bilingual form too. It's English and Spanish. So. Jesus, tu nombre I think this tune is an interesting example of how even just there are there's some music that can instantly transport us or illuminate the season and and for me uh, creator of the Stars of Night is one of those tunes. Yeah, and and again, you know, we started the episode by talking about um, just what a wonderful treasury of music Advent has, and there are so many, you know, great examples of Advent music that that does exactly what you're talking about. It's hard to imagine. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, as a melody, you know, being being used for any other part of the year. It's just too inextricably linked. No, and those kind of uh, signals, I think, are important, and they're really helpful in ritual and liturgical use. Like, for instance, you know, we've been using other songs to sing the O antiphons, but we'll still weave in uh, instrumental glimpses, uses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, because it's so good at just instantly putting us in the Advent feel. Absolutely. And and of course, you know, there's all kinds of conversation that could be had about um, the, the music itself, about those song examples, and what is it about the melody or the modality or, or whatever it is that helps sort of engender that feeling. But some of this is also historical and cultural. I mean, for for something to get to that point, like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, it has to be sort of baked into our cultural and religious DNA. And certainly this, this chant hymn of 
of creator of the stars of night, conditor almea sede rum, um, is baked into our DNA. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think some assemblies are losing that ability to chant, either because we're not practicing it enough with them, or, um, you know, it just hasn't been a part of their musical upbringing. And so I think, you know, these resettings of these uh, old chant tunes are really important to preserving uh, this musical lineage. Yeah, I think I think this piece is interesting in that regard, you know, what you're talking about, Zach. And, and I believe we talked with Carol a little bit about this, um, about the fact that, you know, in a congregation today, you know, somewhere in the United States that's using this piece, there's going to be a segment of the congregation who's going to hear this setting, and it's going to remind them of the 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 Latin chant hymn that they probably knew from from a few decades ago. And then there are also going to be Catholics singing this song who are going to be hearing this melody perhaps for the first time. And so this resetting is actually helping us carry this melody and this heritage forward in a different way. Yeah, and I think musically speaking, if we're looking at trying to train our assemblies to be able to chant, like I'm a big proponent of reaching for it all, that our 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 repertoire should reach from all traditions. You know, probably this metric rhythmic setting of the chant is probably a good way to introduce it. And then maybe as people become more comfortable with it, you can strip away the accompaniment and then really try to lead people through a chanted version of this text, like in its original in its original form. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, underneath what you're saying there, I think you're exactly right, um, also helps, you know, explain a little bit of the staying power for this song, as well as why it's something that we identify so easily with the season. I mean, a melody does not survive for for 10 or 11 centuries if it's not something that's singable, that fits in your voice, that you can sing accompanied or unaccompanied. And just that um, accessibility, that singability, the ability to do something accompanied or not, you know, or unaccompanied, different types of accompaniment, um, really allows this to be something that's sort of ever available for our congregations to sing and pray with. So we wanted to know a little bit more about the development and sort of the history of this melody, creator of the Stars of Night, that that Carol uses and and resets in this piece. So to do so, we went to a chant expert, someone who knows a lot about chant and knows a lot about the development of of music like this. So we spoke with Father Anthony Ruff. Um, Father Anthony is a Benedictine monk of St. John's Abbey. He also teaches at St. John's University and the St. John's School of Theology, and he shared a little bit with us about the development of this tune. The text, Creator of the Stars of Night, is a Latin text from the 9th century, so near the end of the first millennium. As for the melody, you know, with your Gregorian chant hymn melodies, it's always tricky to figure out when they date back to, because the hymn melodies were were sort of popular and beloved, so they could have been sung for centuries before they ever got notated. So you can't just find your earliest manuscript and say, 
that's how old the melody is. Since um, this, I mean, this melody seems to have had staying power, right? I mean, since mm-hmm. it's still in our hymnals now in, in, in this century. Um, from the time that it was first appears in manuscripts after it was notated, you know, around, like you said, begin, or end of the first millennium, has it mm-hmm. been... A consistent piece. I mean, does it does it show up then and stay, or does it kind of ebb and flow throughout the history of the last thousand years or so? This is a hymn that caught on and had staying power, and it exists in lots of manuscripts across Europe, basically for the last thousand years. You know, I think there's a reason why we're still singing it today. I think we like this melody for the same reason. You know, our Christian forebears have liked it for over a thousand years. There's something kind of catchy about it. I don't know if you have any sort of thoughts or comments as to why it seems like these chant, you know, or these these pieces that have their origins, obviously, in a chant hymn, um, have stuck around, if it is just because of that, that melody, that singability, if there's something else kind of at, in the works here? Yeah, it's interesting to think about why melodies are appealing to different people. As I say, I think this melody is appealing uh, because it is just, you know, straightforward and, and simple. I think it's a quite ancient melody. Of the Father's Love Begotten, that one's a little bit later. Now we're into the High Middle Ages, and that one pretty clearly is moving into modern tonality. Then I'd throw out a third melody, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which, you know, we can call Gregorian chant, but I would say it's late Middle Ages, and that feels to me more like a kind of a nice medieval folk song. So we see that some of the Gregorian chant hymn melodies are the part of the Gregorian chant repertoire that is the most popular and the least specialized. So, you know, more specialized would be like your intro or your gradual or your communio. But the hymn melodies at times are more congregational in character. One of kind of the submissions of Open Your Hymnal as we have kind of made our way through this podcast journey is to highlight the work of female composers, uh, composers of color, composers of different languages. And so it was it was great to speak with Carol just about her experience as a woman composer. Um, there just aren't that many of us. There are more, you know all the time, which is great. Um, I I think I've had some people comment to me that, that my music has a female voice. Do you know what I mean? Um, whether it's emotional uh, connections or mel- melodically, I don't, I'm not sure, but I have had some people say that, that it feels like a feminine voice. Uh, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know what they whether they mean that. Um, but um, 
I was first published with JA actually 20 years ago. My first Ubi Caritas came out in 1998. Actually, I, I used to write, you know, pop songs. Um, and I still have some of those, you know. But um, I started, the way I got into working in Catholic music was my best friend was part of Tom Franzak's quartet at St. Monica's. And um, they needed someone to come in for, it was either a penance service or a funeral. I'd never been in a Catholic church in my life. You know, I was doing music ministry in a little Presbyterian church. And their their quartet, they their alto was going to be gone. And she knew I sang because I was subbing at the Disneyland with the Disneyland Big Band Quartet. Um, so she'd never heard me, but she said, hey, you want to come and sing for this? She just goes on gut instinct. And so I did, and I loved the music. It was, you know, David and uh, Marty and, you know, Tom's pieces and, and all of that. And so then eventually Tom ended up moving away. I started playing keyboard with them, and um, Laura was directing. And it was the readings about um, welcoming strangers, you know, that you, uh, Abraham and... Uh, uh, you might entertain angels unaware and um, about hospitality and she said do you have an ubi caritas because I had done something else that was lot oh I had a dona nobis patem and she said did you write an ubi caritas and I said no and and then I called her back about a half an hour later and I said I think I might have something <laughs> and in that half hour I had written the refrain the, the, that was my first published piece um, and then did the verses and uh, we ended up using it at liturgy so um, and from there then just things started developing first year that I went to the liturgical composers forum that John Foley started, um, Jeannie Cotter uh, got me invited. Um, she wanted to, I, ha I had had two pieces accepted by GIA, but nothing was out yet. Um, but she wanted to help me get going and, and mentor me. Um, and that was 19 years ago, and I've been every year since. It's I look at it as my annual retreat. Um, it's a chance for a group of composers to just be one-on-one -on -one with folks and sit around and um, just have fellowship, but also do some really wonderful prayer, learn from great, we've had great Alice Parker and Brian Wren and Ron Rollheiser and just amazing presenters that you just there in a intimate setting it's just and my I've just made wonderful friendships out of that Bob Moore and Fran O'Brien uh, Larry Harris um, I've collaborated with Mark Mellis who's a um, another composer from Arizona and uh, that I met there well I I don't have a huge amount of formal training I'm I'm basically a folk singer <laughs> who has learned um, a lot um, by doing and by mentors Chris Walker has been an incredible mentor for me. We have a local liturgical composers forum, and 
he gives us assignments and then we come in and share what we've done for the assignment and quite a number of my pieces were actually assignments for Chris <laughs> that, that, that have ended up getting published you know so um it just uh it it challenges me to to write at a better level um they're they're also grounded uh in the theology and the scripture and the liturgy um writing for the catholic church it's so important to write for the ritual and to for the music to serve the liturgy um so that working with them has helped me just to hone that craft you know um but they they challenge me i learn a lot from all of them and now here is a recording of creator of the stars of night in its entirety
Looking for a special one-of-a-kind gift for Christmas? Look no further. American icon Bing Crosby appears in one of his rare spoken word performances in the album The Bible Story of Christmas. Bing Crosby narrates the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke to carols in story order, sung by the St. Bonaventure Choir under the direction of Omer Westendorf. And it came to pass while they were there that the days for her to be delivered were fulfilled. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds in the same district living in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the glory of God shone round about them, and they feared exceedingly. This recording, originally published in 1957, was lost in the World Library Publications archive for 60 years. With the assistance of Bing Crosby Enterprises, it is now available as an official Bing Crosby archive release. Bing's spoken word performance is one for the ages. Bing Crosby's reading of The Christmas Gospel has not been released on any of his other albums and is exclusively on this release. You can find out more information and purchase a copy of The Bible Story of Christmas, narrated by Bing Crosby at www.wlpmusic.com. Welcome back, Open Your Hymnal listeners. It is now time for the Open Your Hymnal playlist, the part of our show where Zach and I get to share with you extra music drawn from our conversation in today's episode. Zach, why don't you kick us off with your first selection? Well, we got to hear from Bob Moore, so I thought it only fitting that we get to hear some of his work. And so the song I chose is Oh God, Behold Your Family Here, music by Bob Moore with text by John A. Dallies.
So for my first pick, I'm selecting a song called Christ Circle Round Us by Dan Schutte. And the reason I've chosen this song is for really two reasons. One, um, the text is inspired by the O Antiphons, these great prayers um, that we say in the final days leading up to Christmas during Advent, and because the melody is something based on the Salve Regina chant. So again, going back to this treasury of ancient music. So this is Christ Circle Round Us by Dan Schutte.
I actually didn't know that one, Matt. Thanks for sharing that. That was really great. Yeah, of course. And uh, what's your second choice, Zach? Well, I thought we should hear some more from Carol Browning. Uh, this has always been one of my favorite pieces of hers. It's um, it's a song for funerals, uh, and it's called Peace Be With Those. Peace be with those who have gone to
Well, thanks for returning the favor, Zach, because that is a piece that I was not familiar with. So we're we're all learning something in today's playlist. <laughs> for my second choice here today, um, I am again going back to the Treasury of Advent music. Um, this is a song that I think a lot of people will be familiar with, People Look East. Uh, this version was arranged and recorded by Marty Haugen from his album Night of Silence. People look east, the time is near Of the crowning of the year Make your house fair as you are able Trim the hearth and set the table People look east and sing today Love the guest is on the way Thanks for including that, Matt. Uh, the Night of Silence album is just one of my all-time favorite Advent Christmas collections. And one that is quickly becoming a new favorite is Ola Yelo's, uh CD, uh, Winter Songs. Uh, and so I wanted to select something off of that, and that is his setting of the Hildegard von Bingen text, Ave Generosa. 
And for my final pick, I am choosing a song from Jeanette Sullivan Whitaker from her Advent album, Trying to Get Ready. This is her song, Carol of the Dawn. Thank you for listening to Open Your Hymnal, and special thanks to Carol Browning, Bob Moore, and Father Anthony Ruff for speaking with us. Creator of the Stars of Night is published by GIA Publications. The recording you heard was released by GIA on the album Come and Receive. Links to this song, the other songs you heard, and additional resources can be found at our website, openyourhymnal.com. Be sure to follow Open Your Hymnal on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you haven't yet, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and Google Play. For Open Your Hymnal, I'm Zach Stahowski. And I'm Matt Reichert. Thanks for listening.